Does everybody know what time it is? Four. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's incredible wordplay work. is a friend. Yeah, I know she's been a good friend of mine, but lately something's changed, and it ain't hard to define. Heidi's hanging out with Al, and it's weighing Mm. on my mind. And he's taking her out to dinner, and she's eating that poo-poo platter, I just know it. And you know I wish that I had grunt work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that actually respects your privacy. I'm your host, Truman, the Muppet Man Caps, and with me as always is my co-host Landon, the most sensitive guy in the whole world, Man Solano. Oh, and wow. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know, Landon. I think, I, I guess I haven't met every guy in the whole world, but I would say in terms, <laughs> of, in terms of dudes I've met, you're pretty up there in terms of being in touch with your emotions, so that's not Thank even, you. that's not entirely in jest. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of podcasts, the hosts bash each other, but we're really big into affirmations. If you are listening to this podcast for the first time, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I don't like the connotations that the word sensitive has taken on, though, because it, it's it, to me it's like, oh, you're being too sensitive. It's just a joke. Quit being mm, sensitive. About yes, it. true. Well, it all it, it it's it's kind of like the word Jews. It's like you can say Jews. <laughs> You, no, 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 no. Listen, listen to me, Landon. Listen to me. Don't, don't, don't. You just made water come out my nose. Well, Landon, I'm just saying you can you can say Jews normally in reference to yeah, you know, like the people who attend a synagogue are Jews, and then you can also say Jews, and suddenly it's like, ooh. So like if someone says sensitive, it's like, oh, it's a good thing. Someone says sensitive, it, then it it comes across differently. If you put it's it's all about the intonation or the inflection that you put on the word. I'm, um, I'm going to trust you to edit yourself in post because <laughs> the last minute I've been cleaning my sinuses with drippy water. Okay, I mean, that's how that's how that's how all the pros start their podcasts. You really got to <laughs> douche out your sinuses first, and now you can do the rest of the uh, the rest of the podcast without any uh, without any sniffles, without any anything oh, any blockage up there. Uh, well, Landon, it's good. It's good to see you. Uh, <laughs> you haven't. <laughs> You haven't made me shoot anything out my nose so far, so I'm still enjoying this experience. Oh, um, yes, it's good to see you as well. Um, this is uh, we're three minutes into the episode, and this is already one of our wildest rides we've had yet. No, Landon, we've had a lot of rides, and some of them have been wilder than this. I can't name any one of them, but like this is, I think, about par for the course. Oh, there's one where I was asleep for half of it. Yeah, there was one where you were asleep for half of it. There was one where you were eating beets. I mean, we've we've been doing the, we've been in this game for a while. <laughs> again, again, any first time listeners, like, wait, one where one of the hosts is falling asleep, another one where beet eating is happening. Oh man, get me that back catalog right now. <laughs> Dialing up Spotify. I just can you neural link all of the episodes straight into my brain? I need to know everything that these guys do. Um, what have we done with this show? Well, I, you know, I, I ask myself that all the time. I mean, oh my God. We, what we do on this show, for those of you who mm-hmm. don't know, I'm making a lot of assumptions that we have first-time listeners coming into this, but I doubt that's I the case. I think we do. 
Maybe we yeah. do. I don't know. Fuck it. Okay. Well, if you're listening for the first time, this is a podcast called Grunt Work, where we talk about the TV series Home Improvement. As I said in the intro, we watched an yes. episode of the TV series Home Improvement this week. We're not gonna talk about it just yet, but this might move us along into uh, the the rest of the show <laughs> if I, I get us going in that direction. Uh, indeed, and I appreciate it since <laughs> that's usually. <laughs> What I do, uh, but I've clearly derailed so early on. Uh, yep, um, yep, I'm a single parent this week doing both jobs, it seems. <laughs> Before we continue, I want to uh, introduce our listeners to our game called P- Secret Pip, Secret Password to Pee-wee's Playhouse. Come you, on, Landon. You, you, really, you really set yourself up for failure creating such a complicated name with a lot of plosive syllables in it for you to say <laughs> every right. week. I blame only myself. Uh, But this is a game, uh, as the title implies, where I have chosen a secret word, and if Truman says it at any point during this episode, our listeners over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod will get a free month of our patron content. It's true. He's not lying, Uh, folks. (laughs) It's happened once before already, so uh, (laughs) will it happen again this episode? Find oh, out. Probably not. Uh, after I tell you what the word is. Um, Truman, I'm going to mute myself so that I can tell these fine pe- uh, people what it is. I, all right. Have a good talk. Okay. I'll be back. Bye. Hi, Truman. Can you hear me? Hello? Okay. He can't. Now, I've chosen a word <clears throat> that uh, has variations on it. He's going to have to say the entire word uh, <laughs> for this episode. Um, we'll see if we can get him there. The word is... Cuckold. Cuckold. So cuck doesn't work. Cuckold has to be in its entirety spoken uh, for this game to be won. Let's go back to Truman. Currently in progress. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that brings me back uh, to when I was a child and I really wanted to see the movie Die Hard 2, but my parents wouldn't let me rent it, so I had to wait for it to show up on uh, cable, which it was like, (laughs) at the time, never being shown on cable, and then the night that it finally was, I was so excited, but it got, it was like after the Super Bowl, and it wasn't that the Super Bowl preempted it, but that the Super Bowl ran long, and and, and as a result, the premiere of a new show called Family Guy was preempted, And so basically, Family Guy ran late, and then that bled into Die Hard 2, and so then we had to join Die Hard 2 already in progress. And I just remember as, like, a like a kid being so upset that I missed the first 20 minutes of Die Hard 2 because of this <laughs> dumb show. That was, the, that was the first of many offenses that Family Guy has committed in my book. Like, I never gave that show a fair shake because it stopped me from watching the first 20 minutes of Die Hard 2, a terrible, terrible movie that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a very complicated situation you have going on over there. Well, you know, Landon, after after standing here in utter silence for 20 seconds and then having to go, like, suddenly start tap dancing again because the audience is paying attention once more, I, I have to just grab for the first thing that I can free associate to. Uh, fair point, fair point. So, um, all right, so they've got mm-hmm. the secret word. Uh, they do. Do, like... Do you want to tell us about the episode of Home Improvement that we watched this week? Unless you have anything else to say? I will. I will tell you the synopsis of Home Improvement this week. Are you ready, sir? Oh, I was born ready, Landon. I don't think you were born quite this ready. uh, That's probably true. I actually have been unprepared for most things that have happened to me in my life, so I should stop saying that I was born ready. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Heidi has trouble. Al steps in to help her out. Tim thinks they boning. You're doing haikus. Wait. Meanwhile, Jill's sick. She got herself a dang cold. 
Ah, ah, ah. Achoo. God damn it. Your fucking haiku synopses are so good. I, I like, I knew this. I was you know, starting a land war in Russia with it, with, with trying to out haiku you, but I, that's, that's, that's the problem. You know, do, 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 do you worry about how often Jill gets sick on this show? Like, I, I like do. She, ha- she has a rickety immune system. Has there been anyone else in the household? I know Mark had chickenpox once. Other than that, has anyone else been sick? Well, well, Randy might like there was a t- like he either has <laughs> yeah like he's got a thyroid condition slash yeah, he might yeah, have had yeah. cancer. Okay, um, good point. Tim um, and Tim got sick at the very end of the episode where Jill had been sick, like that okay. fir- that first one from many seasons ago. Yeah. Mm, so, but. I think it begs the question, though, of who's the one that's most under stress and duress in the show. Mm, True. (laughs) It makes sense that Jill having to deal with the kids, having to go to school, having to deal with patients like she's out and about. She's got the stressful life, the the lion's share of the chores around the house Mm -hmm. like poor Jill. Yeah, poor Jill. I I, let's (laughs) give Jill a break. Big, big theme of this podcast has been poor Jill. Um. Well, yeah, so this uh, this was a hell of an episode. Do you, is there anything you want to say about the time and place that it was uh, created before we go into personal <laughs> reflections? Or Sometimes I just like to see you flap in the wind. Okay, that's, that's great. Like, uh, more, more keys to making a good podcast is one host delighting in letting the other host flail on the line. <laughs> well, I don't even want to go into those specs just yet. I want you to guess that title. Oh, of course, guessing that title. I'm sorry. Another key to a good podcast is to be making it for years and years, and still one of the hosts can never figure out what order the, the different sections come in. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> all right. I have three options, and I'm going to be honest. I really wish that I had more, because I feel like this is okay. this is a, a rich one, and I, I don't know that I did my mm. best. So, okay. so all right. All right. F- first option. Duly noted. Duly noted. First option, all night long. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Okay. Uh, next option, Al Little Oven. Wait, like, uh, repeat uh, that one? Al Little Oven, like a little lovin', but Al. Oh, like- I was, I, okay. <laughs> because we've been talking about tiny furniture for so much, I pictured a, a little oven. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, like, I, I, I guess, I guess, there's a way that you can probably work it back to that in the terms of like that. Their the passion that they have is small. I don't know. Okay. All right. Uh, and so I, I should I should point out to our, our listeners before I say this next one that that uh, Al's affinity for a certain tiki bar is uh, is a big part of this episode or a medium yes. part of this episode. Okay. Okay. All right. Tiki, another little piece of my heart. <laughs> I you know Janice Joplin is going to come out of her grave and smash a fifth of Jack Daniels over my head for that one and I will deserve it. Um I don't know but I was, I that, I was that one is top notch but it still doesn't quite surpass L Night Long. Yeah. Uh, L Night Long encapsulates everything about this episode. Uh it's just perfect. It's a perfect title. Okay, well, thank you. I, I shouldn't have been so down on myself then. Um, <laughs> I, I agree, as per usual, but um, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a clue for this one. Okay. And uh, actually, I'll give you two clues. One Ooh. is I read the title before and thought, 
I don't, what does that have to do with fucking anything? Mm. Uh, and then after doing some, watching the episode and going through the notes and stuff that I do here, uh, looked at the title again and thought, oh, I get it. Okay. So, um, that's one clue. The other clue is... <laughs> that, that's a bullshit clue. I went on a personal journey reading this title. Great, Landon. Thank you. That... I know you pretty well, but I can't predict what your personal journeys are spurned from, spawned from. <laughs> well, it's something we got to work on in our friendship. Uh, oh, okay, um, okay, yeah. Next, next couples therapy session, we'll we'll go through this. <laughs> the clue I will give you is that it is a play on a very infamous uh, erotic thriller. Oh, uh. Okay, the first one that comes to mind is Body Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, to say that it's it's not entirely applicable to this episode. Uh, so, I don't know. Well, I'll let you judge it after you, you find out what the title is. But Flannel Heat. <laughs> That's... Which is definitely something that happens when you wear flannels. That's that's also the that's also the the name of the movie about a bunch of lumberjacks who are trying to do a bank heist and the <laughs> dogged cop who's trying to trying to stop them set in the mean streets of Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah. She's got a great big ass, eh? <laughs> are we just going to do the Al Pacino great big ass joke in every episode cuz I think we did it last time as well. I think so. I think so. Okay, I, I don't, I don't know, Landon. I'm I, as usual. I am dog shit for guesses. So what, what, what have <laughs> we right, got okay. here? The title of this episode is "Futile Attraction." Oh, okay. All right, I like that a lot. Actually, that's really, that's really pretty clever. I was never gonna get there with my no. title guesses initially because I'm too. Too hamstrung by trying to fit Al's name into every one of them. Uh, the, true, but you did it this week, and I I thoroughly appreciate Al Night Long. So okay, well, thank you. Uh, so, I vote to to make that the retroactive title. Sometimes you hate it though. Uh, this is sometimes what I, can't I hate it. So like, the, but well, this is an Al centric episode, so it makes sense. But to me, every episode is an Al centric episode, even if he's only in one scene. Like, which is why I, I maintain that the Granite Booty Fest Hotel is still one of my Fuck, better. I hate t- that. That title bothers me so much. Yeah, that's why it's coming back. I was editing that episode today so. and thinking about what a good title it was. Um, I hate it. <laughs> okay, so uh, so yeah, all right. So we've we've guessed our titles. Right. So Futile Attraction uh, premiered on March tenth, nineteen ninety eight. Directed by our old buddy Peter Bonners. Mm. Written by staff writer Bruce Bellacci okay. and a man by the name of David Maples. This David is Maples. David Maples. First episode of Home Improvement. Wow, okay, okay. Ding, ding, ding. So let's go into a little bit of his background, shall we? Uh, yeah, let's go, into, let's go into Writer Corner, a depressing <laughs> corner full of liquor and cigarettes. Uh, he's got a smattering of credits. Uh, he has three acting credits. Um, mm. He was uh, an IRS agent in For Richer or Poorer, the Tim mm. Allen, Kiersey Alley movie. Interesting. Uh, he... Has produced two things. Um, the I don't know if you remember the short-lived uh, Showtime series Huff. Um, Huff. He was a writer and a producer on that. Okay. The USA show In Plain Sight uh, that was 2008 to 2012. Writer producer on that as well. Uh, comes from 
the TV series The Rugrats. Oh, what? Excuse me. <laughs> he wrote additional material and uh, wrote two full episodes uh, same year that he... Uh, oh, no, no. The year before this uh, Home Improvement episode. So there you go. Wow. Man, someone str- In a, a, straight out of Rugrats. Smattering of other things as well. That you know, I was I was wondering why all the characters were wearing diapers in this episode, and now it makes sense. Um, <laughs> if I can also issue a very very lightning fast grunt work retraction, uh, the movie okay. the the movie for richer or poorer starred Tim Allen and Kirstie Alley, not Kirstie Alley. The pronunciation of the Scientologist Republican's name is different than. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to get too much into my personal life. I shall just say okay, right. that I that there you you need to be particular about how you pronounce the names of certain uh, certain people whose names are spelled certain ways. Okay, uh, what did I say? It's it's Christie Alley. No, no, you, yeah, you you said Kirstie Alley. It's, uh, it's Christina Alley. No, no, it's Chrissy Alley. Okay, let's make it, let's make it straight. <laughs> Basically, you can pronounce you can pronounce Kirstie Alley's name any way that you want, except for Kirstie Alley. You can call her any okay, number right. of other things, just not that one. Okay, all right, all right. Fair thank enough. you, thank you. Yeah, this is this on grunt work. We respect one another's boundaries. Um, okay, Truman, so how do you feel about this episode? God damn son of a bitch! I didn't love this episode. Fair to say, oh, okay. I, I maybe even didn't like it that much because I think that wow. this was. Really a return to season three, Tim. Um, Hmm. You said that the last couple of weeks, though, and you've kind of changed your mind the further we got into it, though. Yeah, I have. But in this one, it was pretty egregious because basically the Hmm. crux of the episode is that Tim, who is repeatedly shown callous disregard and disinterest in Heidi and Al's (laughs) personal lives to the point of like where he is actively discouraged them from ever talking about their personal lives at work, like basically threatened them and told them not to do it. Now he's incensed that Al has something in his personal life that he is not telling Tim about that happens to be some, you know, like now, oh, because it's something salacious that I want to know. Now he feels like he is entitled to know it and starts going to obsessive and creepy lengths to learn this information. And then, you know, there's a key difference, though, where season three, the show would acquiesce to Tim's shitty behavior Mm -hmm. and i think there's that's a key difference where like i agree with you this is like not the greatest tim i've ever seen um but i don't know for me it doesn't quite edge over to disliking the episode it just kind of falls flat to me Mm -hmm. where season three would actively annoy me with like how it's telling us the audience to come around to tim's side of things see here is my problem is that, and this is why I think it's on a season three level and not in the fake-ass way that I have before, the, this episode, <laughs> the arc of it is not Tim then learning like, oh, it's fucked up that I'm being this way. If I want uh-huh. if I want to be included in my friends' lives, I should take an active interest in what's going on in their lives at all times and not just expect them <clears> to <throat> open up to me completely and tell me dirty, sexy secrets when I am interested in it. Like, at the, like the, the episode <laughs> ends with Tim basically saying to Al, hey, yeah, I'm sorry I was prying into your personal life. And then Al's saying, oh, well, there's plenty of other things about you that I, about me that I'm happy to tell you. And Tim's like, yeah, no, thanks. So And, and it's just treated <laughs> as a laugh. But he does apologize. He does apologize. Okay, dude, that's a pretty low bar. He apologizes, <laughs> like... The if it's like oh yeah sorry I did that yeah yeah fuck off though I don't want to know anything about you I I don't know like it's, it's, no you're you're right I mean and, I, I'm not negating you I'm just I'm, I'm I, pointing out the the slight differences and improvements over season three I sure. it's like season three point five 
okay, sure, fine. There, there, and look, there's a bunch of bits of it that are still funny, but yeah, and, and also just the whole plot of this is just kind of predicated on what if a really hot girl was hooking up with a guy who this yeah. show is telling us is not attractive? Wouldn't that be fucked up? There's like, there's no way she could be interested in Al, well, who is sensitive, thoughtful, knowledgeable, gainfully employed, gentle, has they, a great relationship with his mother, though. and has repeatedly been shown to be irresistible to beautiful women over the course of the series. I, I just, I mean, they do make the counterpoint. I mean, they have Jill and Heidi both acknowledge like that's a super fucked up, inaccurate way of thinking, though. Yeah. They still, they still do it, but I mean, they at least have some vocalization against it yeah they have some vocalization against it but when it's but it's like kind of like it's like yeah we're checking this box now let's have more more of tim being like visually (laughs) nauseated by the notion of al being a sexual being and i'm just "Ah, yeah i don't know yeah i don't know why i'm trying to pull you to the center right i mean i'm in the center it's not like i'm even trying to pull you to the other side so like your experience is your experience and i respect it thank you very much landon what were were your experiences with this episode i won't try and i fucking hated this episode okay well Uh, no i'm kidding i'm joking i'm joking uh i i feel pretty blase about it to be perfectly honest Mm. um i the big thing for me is why do they keep fucking giving heidi's episodes to tim yes like let us have a heidi episode Seriously, like, it's great that we kind of got an Al episode, sort of, but where's the Heidi yeah. episode? Yeah. And we get some, you know, pretty good moments between her and Al. Uh, there's a few <laughs> laugh out loud, loud lines from Heidi specifically. Uh, but, like, I, I like she's going through something. She's the character who goes through a change in this episode, and we are completely shut off from her experience. Yes. Uh, and... For a weird reason, like, why is Tim spying so much this season? It's very odd. It's like I guess it's because he bought it's all the spy at this equipment, point, right? And now it's like I may as well use it. Yeah, he's like basically the NSA. <laughs> I, I, I um, yeah. Here's here's also how I feel, uh, and I know I've kind of like I've, I've I don't know danced around trying to articulate my feelings on this season and they are really amorphous and hard to pin down. But here's my new analogy for how I feel about this season is that somehow this show is like the same as it always has been, but not quite what it used to be. Um, (laughs) you, I don't know. It's, it's odd. It's, it's almost like this is a, like a pod person season of the Mm -hmm. show. Like it looks the same. It acts the same yet. There's just something off. Uh, I, I don't, but I can't tell you what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the same old Tim in a way, but with like a different, like everyone around Tim has kind of gotten smarter and better at calling Tim on his shit. But ultimately <laughs> it is still Tim doing kind of egregious stuff and not really facing consequences. Yeah, I, I don't know quite what it is. Uh, like I said, if I, if I knew I'd be able to articulate it better. All I know is that there's just like, there, there's, it, it's, there's, there's something weird with it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I sniff foul play. There, there's 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 something strange in our neighborhood, and um, I, don't, I don't know who we're going to call We, we already it. called Mike Weber, so we don't <laughs> want her, him back on the episode. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Although I guess to, to your point about why is this episode not more about Heidi, I agree. But at the same time, 
the episode where Heidi gives birth to a child is barely about Heidi. Like, it's just about yeah. how that affects Tim's experience. So I guess we should we shouldn't have gotten our hopes up that they would ever give Heidi more to do. Like, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I just wish you know, like your, to your point, I wish they'd learn their lesson. <laughs> And I just, I guess that's a hope I have to put on a, a floating pyre and shoot a flaming arrow at it. Seems like a complicated thing to do with your hopes. But I mean, again, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Um, <laughs> yeah. So do I mean, do we want to just like, do we want to get into this thing? Have you got, have you got any yeah. other, uh, any other personal reflections? No, no. Let's, uh, let's limber up by doing some arm stretches and squats, then toss a tee into the air to see who it points to. And when it uh, lands to determine who goes first, step into the tee box, take your ball out and your tee out of your pocket, find a nice flat surface for your stance, then slide the tee into the ground about two or three feet in front of that. Balance your ball, check your aim, compensate for the sand trap on the left, line up your feet, control your breathing, place the driver before your ball, loosen your grip so that you can lock your left thumb into your palm of your right hand, tighten your grip, place the ball in your stance roughly in line with the heel of your left foot, bend your knee about 35 it's, degrees, it's still keep your just arms going. firm but relaxed, still doing the, bit. the club back gently until it's uh, past perpendicular, or just about past perpendicular to the ground, then let the weight of the head of the club guide your swing like really you're cutting through wheat still, with a scythe. Still happening. <laughs> Follow through <laughs> until the club By has far made the longest one nearly a 180 done. degree rotation, keeping your head down until yep. after contact, still then going. follow it with your eyes until it bounces ever so gently into the middle of the fair. Oh shit! Stop bouncing! No! Fuck! 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 Damn it! It went into the deep dive. <laughs> well, I mean, you can, you can, you're gonna cheat though, right? You're gonna like, you're gonna mark that on your scorecard <laughs> of course, differently. Of course. Yeah, obviously, obviously. <laughs> Folks listening at home, I, 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 I feel bad for them for a few reasons. First is that the synopsis that we gave was in truncated haiku form, so people don't really have a super good idea of what this episode's about. I have made references to tiki bars, Al and Heidi hooking up, and then you talked about golf for like 45 minutes. So people who didn't watch the episode, which, by the way, you're not supposed to with this show, you, the idea is that we take you through it. They're, they are so confused about what we watched. I think we also did a... A, a game called Secret Password to Pee Wee's Playhouse. So I think we just, and we talk saying, so I think we just need to lean into the absurdity of our show at this point. I, I mean, look, my dearest wish is that, the, that people listen to this when they're doing chores or doing the dishes or vibing out and playing a video game. So they're barely tracking any of what we're saying. That's the only way we can get away with this without being like sued for causing brain damage on the level of lead I think paint neurosurgeons are going to use this as a, a litmus for uh if you understand anything in one of these episodes you might be having a stroke yes i and i i think the cia is going to use this as an enhanced interrogation technique so anyway <laughs> we open on tool time where al is wearing a pastel sweater vest because you guessed it it's the tool time salute to golf uh they've got peyton stewart there who i guess is a golfer and boy oh boy does Payne this guy have stewart Payne Stewart. Well, he's got buckets of charisma, let me tell you. Uh, there's a <laughs> bunch of jokes about what people's different handicaps are. And then they play on a golf simulator where you uh, yep. whack at a sensor. And it then on the uh, on the uh, early 90s, late 90s era screen, it shows how far your ball goes. Uh, let's just say that Al and Payne do okay. But then Tim uses a modified golf club that shoots a ball into a virtual representation of space and it lands on a virtual representation of the moon and the machine tells him he's the man <laughs> you did a great job thank, thank <laughs> you thank you landon 
I, I, tell, I tell you, as soon as I saw it was golf week on Tool Time, I was like, oh, God damn it, Landon's going to have things to say about this. <laughs> well, I will first start by defending myself. I've never worn what Payne Stewart is wearing on screen. Okay. Actually, I've never worn what any, all three of them are wearing. I've never worn a sweater vest golfing. I've never worn a Kangol hat golfing. I have worn Kangol hats, just not while golfing. Okay, uh, okay. I've never worn uh, khaki trousers, uh, pleated trousers. N- n- not neither while golfing or in any other circumstances. I do not wear khaki <laughs> trousers. Period. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so, like, I don't. I do golf. I'll, I'll get that out of the way. I, I, but I do it as an activity to bond with my dad. You know, if mm-hmm. if that weren't the case, if he wasn't into golf, I would not be golfing. Yeah. So. Like it's an expensive sport. It's a environmentally not friendly sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it attracts a lot of shitty douchebags to it. Uh, <laughs> true. And true. you know, uh, even though I enjoy the time I spend playing the game and spending the time with my father, if someone were to abolish golf, maybe that's okay. And if maybe one of the people on this podcast was in favor of the government seizing golf courses to build affordable housing, you wouldn't judge him for that? No, I, I give me the petition. I'll sign that. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, well, yeah, okay, well, I'm glad, like, because that was my first question watching this. Is like, I'm going to have to make sure Landon doesn't dress the way these guys are dressing, because... <laughs> <laughs> Payne Stewart, like he's got, like I kind of respect the fact that they have this guy guest on on Home Improvement. It's like, hey, now listen, Payne, we appreciate you making time in your schedule. We're gonna dress you up like a total jackass. We need you to know that we're gonna have like you're gonna you're gonna be wearing like pantaloons or whatever. No, that's that's what he wears on the course. Really? It's not just yeah. a bit. No, no. Does, does uh, it... That's that's what Payne. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm pulling up Payne Stewart's Wikipedia page yeah. with some slow ass fucking internet. Payne Stewart is like w- one of the top echelon uh, golfers of all time. Mm. Uh, he's up there with like Jack Nicholas. Okay, I know Jack Nicholas. I've heard of him. Yeah, um, he's the guy or... from Chinatown and and Batman <laughs> and the Last Detail. He's great. Uh, I'm sure you might not know Greg Norman by name, but he has the like shark. Uh, brand clothing. I'm sure you've seen the shark around somewhere, but um, yeah. okay. He Payne Stewart won 11 PGA tours, mm. uh, including three major championships in his career. Uh, he died in an airplane accident at 42. So that oh, geez. was like uh, a year and a half after he did this episode of Home Improvement. Oh God! Ooh, the Home Improvement curse. Yeah. He didn't even get into the seniors, uh, which I'm sure he would have dominated there as well. Um, so uh, I'm just reading a little bit further into the Wikipedia here. He was reputed to have the biggest wardrobe of all professional golfers and was a favorite of photographers uh, because of his flamboyant attire of ivy caps and patterned pants, which were a cross between plus, flu- uh, plus fours and knickerbockers. So this is his style. <laughs> okay, I mean, well, look, and I'm not going to criticize a guy for for doing his own thing. I just what I don't what I don't understand about golf attire. It's like you look at people at a track meet or at a football game, and it's like, okay, well, you're wear, you're dressed the way you are because of the strictures of the sport that you're playing. Like you need to wear that so you can run faster or so you don't get as much of a concussion. Um, I don't understand how the hats and the plaid and the sweater vests <laughs> and the pantaloons well, help your golf. 
Yeah, okay, so we, we got to take Tim and Al out of this equation in terms of understanding that outside of their, their cleats, which you mm-hmm. need the cleats to, to firm your stance when you're, you know, standing up to the ball. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so going on Wikipedia further, uh, Payne Stewart's uh, look was a throwback to the once commonplace golf uniform. So, mm. so he's kind of like throwing it back to Scotland, mm. uh, so to speak. Um is it functional to to what needs to be done uh, while golfing? Probably not. Are you better served with long sleeves because you're in the sun all day? Probably. Uh, Pain. Get get some sleeves on your shirt. Um, otherwise, you get some skin cancer. Mm. Uh, hats, though. I mean, you need to keep the sun out of your eyes. Uh, so far as I know, no golfer has <laughs> done those like. Uh, black grease strips underneath their eyes the way that baseball players do. <laughs> but, I'm waiting for it. That might get me someday. interested in the sport, yeah. If they did full... <laughs> honestly, if golfers... for If the rules changed that they had to do full juggalo makeup, you might have me watching the PGA Tour. <laughs> if they add just a, a touch of the dark carnival of souls to golf, then then you've got me on board. <laughs> I love how over the... This is definitely something I wouldn't have predicted when we started the podcast, is that by the end of it... <laughs> You would be a Juggalo fan. I mean, honestly, my impression, as as every institution in this country has deteriorated, it seems like the Juggalos have only enhanced their reputation in my eyes. So, <laughs> I, I mean, and, oh, and, and there's, and there's a, you know, like, instead of the bar cart coming around, it's just, it's full of Fago. I, it works, Fago, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in Michigan, I'm sure there is Fago on, on those carts. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, you want you want a rum and fago or something to take the edge off on the ninth hole. Um, so, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm going to admit something here, though. Yeah, uh, something that I've always strove to understand and just don't. I just don't understand it on a fundamental level, and that's the simulator mm-hmm. that they're playing. Yeah, when you would go to golf stores, they would they, some of the fancier ones would have these set up in the back so you can I, uh, like yeah. test out their clubs. And I, I've seen these, to me, yeah. it's like. It's like a slot machine, like a digital slot machine. How in the hell can you verify that what you're doing is at all accurate to, you know, like if it's in a store and you're swinging a club, they're going to make it so it looks like you hit it good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It seems like the best club ever. I mean, it's like, I don't know. There's a whole Seinfeld episode about how, like, what is it about the mirror at the department store that makes the clothes (laughs) look good? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I just I've never understood this. I I for I have seen those machines and I had long thought that you were actually hitting a ball and then the ball would hit the screen and based on how hard it hit the screen the screen would do something. And, I think and they, I, th- I think that variation uh, came out after this episode. Oh, I see. Okay, like they, a little bit down the line. Yeah, they, this they, is one They they invented titanium screens that could withstand the impacts <laughs> of thousands of balls. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean it. So I, I don't I don't know if this is if this is out of line with what you want to talk about, but there's a lot of discussion of handicap before they start hitting yeah. stuff at the screen. And Al's handicap, he says his handicap is ten, and then there's yeah. big laughter, and he says actually it's sixteen. And um, th- okay, so so first and foremost, I don't understand why that's funny. What's a good number for a person's <laughs> handicap to be, Landon? And also, well, if okay, I may, if I may thing. ask, I know a gentleman yeah. never tells, but also, Ben, could you tell me your handicap? So this is what I don't understand, um, and it shows kind of where I'm at with the game, which is I like to go out twice a year leisurely with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't even 
know exactly what a handicap is, mm. let alone how to calculate it or what mine is. Okay, okay. I that's honestly that's I feel better knowing that that you don't know, and then I am also kind of put off that like you as someone who golfs even twice a year, you still are way more familiar with golf than I think the average person. <laughs> the fact that you don't well, know, I, but this I was a, a major uh, joke. Um, yeah. Uh, I have a calculator here. Should I? Oh God. Do you think that? Would, uh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great content. I think for you to calculate your golf handicap live on the air. Let's <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Why not? I mean, we can go through the grunt count right now. It's zero. Yeah, true. Okay, yeah. So, go, yeah, okay. We, we've got that out the of the way. This. Yeah, let's do the, let's do the <laughs> handicap count. By the end of this, I'll have my uh, I'll have my handicap. I gotta I gotta right. put some numbers in and figure oh, this out. God. Okay. Well, I'll go I'll go on a long monologue about something in here to give you some time to work at your thing. Um, no, no, no. I'll do it throughout the episode. I'll I'll bring it up at the end. Okay. Uh, this also when when they're talking about what Al's handicap is, that that then prompts Payne to ask Tim. Tim, what's your handicap? And Tim responds. Pain, 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 pain. I think of golf as more of a jujitsu thing. It's all about vibes, whatever. Um, <laughs> the thing is, when he first said this, I thought Tim was like, "Like, what's your handicap? Pain, 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 pain." Yes, I like the same thing, and I knew, I knew the character's name. I knew, <laughs> I knew the golfer's name. I, I just, I, it seemed like very metal of Tim to be, well, yeah, I guess my handicap is pain too. I mean, eventually the suffering gets too great and I have to say, like, I feel pain the second I look at a golf course. That's why, that's why my handicap is pretty high. Yeah. So I don't know. So, I mean, what, what, like you, again, I, I'm just an outsider looking in you as an actual yeah. golfer. Like what, like what, what else does this scene bring up for you? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's clear, maybe uh, worth noting, um, that obviously Richard Karn and Tim Allen are both golfers in real mm -hmm. life. So yep. uh, I'm surprised it took them this long to work it into the show. Yeah, it's kind of shocking, really. Uh, we got on Instagram and Twitter recently <laughs> a collision of two worlds I never thought we'd see, which is Richard Karn posting a selfie with Richard Kind playing <laughs> golf. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, an unexpected along with along with the bassist from Dio. What the fuck? <laughs> Name a more iconic trio. I'll wait. I mean, or a more iconic Dio. Uh, I think that um, I don't know. I but Richard Carn has also golfed with a couple of ex presidents. So I mean, it's not that shocking yeah. that he's with the dude from Spin City. Uh, well, fair. I don't know. Just Richard Karn and Richard Kind dominated ABC in 1997. So to see them together again in 2022 was just a, a little bit of a mind bend. It's a, it's a it's a pretty big reunion. I will agree. Yeah, I mean, well, also, so Tim's Tim's golf club that he's using is one that Payne yep. identifies as a special golf club for seniors that has a 25 caliber charge in it, so they don't have to swing. <laughs> And, and yeah, Tim and Tim has I mean, not really. It's, they, the, they don't actually use gun ammunition. Either. Okay, that's not a real thing. Okay, I didn't know because so much of golf. I mean, like I don't know. Like I thought. Like this is the thing for me as a non-golfer. It's like at first uh -huh. I'm like they couldn't possibly actually make a golf club with with a like a bullet in it that not it's, that shoots the it golf. Sounds like ball. something from a quiet place. Some sort of weapon where you attach a shotgun shell to the end of a golf club. Yeah, so you can explode someone's head when they come in. I, I, yeah, you know, like, and and so it does seem ridiculous. But then also, 
you know, if you told me, yeah, we, we, we fence off acres and acres and acres of land for the sole purpose of people spending lots of money to put on funny clothes and come and spend hours hitting a ball or it. Like, a lot of golf sounds kind of ridiculous to me, and I'm not saying that it is, but just from the outside looking <laughs> in, no, it it's, seems... It's totally... It totally seems ridiculous. bizarre. I'm not. I'm not trying to shit on a thing that you do to bond. No, with your no, father. that's not Look, the man, case. I, no, I, I, you, I, I take zero offense to people taking shots at golf. Now, here's the thing: you've got hockey, which is in a rink. You've got yes. basketball, which is on a court. Yes. <laughs> you've got baseball, which is on a diamond. Golf is on a golf course. It is the biggest man spread of a sport that there is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, again, and and what is man spreading but making room for your balls? So, I guess uh I, I guess it makes I sense. I mean, the the, the 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 tee boxes are set up for uh man versus ladies tees still to this day. Oh, god. Whether or not they they actually use them that way, I don't know, but uh I mean, that's how it is. White tees, red is ladies tees. Eh. Yeah, and it's you know, and it's of course like uh, a couple of yards up ahead of you know because they can't hit as far. God. Uh, well, based on based on the response the machine has to Al's shot, which is nice shot, miss. Uh, I'm not surprised. There's a little bit of that still going on yeah. in golf. Was not a fan of this entire opening. I got to be honest with you. As mm. much as like it was, like I used to watch golf with my grandfather. Uh, mm. You know, it's kind of a generational bonding activity. Yeah. Um. And so Payne Stewart was like of the the uh, roster of golfers of my grandfather's era uh, when I would watch with him. So it was kind of nostalgic in that regard. But outside of that, the rest of this is just bullshit. Yeah. Well, then, in light of it being bullshit, do we want to move on to the next scene, which hopefully isn't I think, bullshit? I think people are demanding more golf content out of us. I mean, I mean, is there a Roomba on that golf course? Because we can talk about that, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, guys, sub- subscribe to Rubrick Nights so you can understand these references to shitty content we've made. The golf ball does go to the moon, and there's a lot of dust on the moon. Uh, true, true. Uh, very fine dust that you get. Okay, so we go to the opening credits from that. Yeah, we get and, a golf ball transition, uh, raining golf balls taking us to the theme song. Hallelujah. And then from the opening credits, assuming we have nothing to say about the opening credits, aside from that they're still great, um, yep. we come back to backstage at Tool Time, where Al is putting on a Hawaiian shirt and getting ready to go to happy hour at the Tiki Hut. Um, yes. Uh, now, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, Truman. Yeah. I watched this episode yesterday and took copious notes. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I that's am lucky. over-prepared this week, so well, then, you, you well, don't then, need to take the uh, lion's share of... Okay, <laughs> Okay. well, the, the lion's share, then, I give to you. You're, you know, you can be the lion king today. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we go back to tool time, behind the scenes. Al is uh, getting dressed in uh, his Hawaiian shirt, because he's going to a tiki bar for a singles night. Uh in the background, though, Heidi is on a phone call, and she yells and slams it down. She's angry. Uh, when Tim stops her to say, what, what's going on, Heidi? She says, oh, well, Scott and her separated. Things are going bad. And he's like, why didn't you tell me before? And she's like, well, you told me not to bring my personal life into work. Uh, and Tim says, well, uh, she storms off, right? She's upset. And then uh, Tim turns to Al and says, why don't you take her to, to Tiki Hut with you? Uh, you can be a, a good shoulder to cry on. And he's like, well. Well, maybe. Yeah. Seems like... Um, that's basically the scene. Yeah. Now, there's one thing that I need to... T- I know I talked about golf for about 40 minutes there, but mm-hmm. I, I have about two hours of content on Al 
dressing like Weird Al. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I mean, I love He still that- has his golf pants on, for God's sake. So he's got these burgundy pants and a wild Hawaiian shirt. There, there is an accordion just, just waiting an in accordion. his locker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that when Al is putting on shirts, it's like, okay, it can either it can either be flannel or it, it or it's going to be some other kind of wild and crazy pattern. That, that's it. Like, yeah. we, we talked this, this season. He's gone from hats to wild shirts. Yes, I he wish. He wore a turtleneck. He wore that. He wore that uh, clown shirt a couple episodes ago. True. Now this Hawaiian shirt. I just wish that he had he had added Hattie to complete the look. That really would have oh that would have done it. Oh, we would have died. There would be no podcast <laughs> okay, anymore. I just want to paint this visual for you. You've got this these burgundy trousers. Yeah, the the, ca- the camera's panning up. This is walked into the bar. Burgundy trousers. <laughs> You've got a uh, very classic Jimmy Buffett style. Uh, uh, palm leaf and and toucan print over mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. style Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you, okay, we're still moving up. Yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. Panning a up. little bit. You can't quite see the 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 uh, undershirt underneath it, but yeah, you see some chest hair. And you yeah. move up further. Mm-hmm. further. Beard. You've got a a thick, well manicured beard. Nice. You go up a little bit higher, and you've got a seventeen gallon cowboy hat. And and you have to keep panning up for a while to get the full barrel of the hat in frame yeah, yes, because it do. is a it is a tall hat. I'm and, telling you that is a style. Uh, as the kids would say, that is a mood in 2022. I, I, I guarantee someone in Brooklyn is wearing that right now. Uh, that that is that is a fit for the ages. He <laughs> he walks into the bar like that. There was a record scratch. Everyone looks at him. All the ladies immediately break up with their boyfriends. Um. <laughs> So so Al is expl- when he's explaining about how he's going to happy hour at the Tiki Hut. He is saying that he's working hard to form a social network of like-minded people. And I just want to like be, I mean a like props to somebody making an analog social network the old-fashioned way, not that they had any choice in the late 90s. Oh god, that just makes me wonder what Al on Facebook would be like. Ooh, I'm just going to keep going. Uh <laughs> thank you. Uh, social network of like-minded people, but just I really respect Al for doing that. He's like he's really like following up on kind of what they talked about a few episodes ago when they were going out to the yeah. singles bar, and like he wasn't just, like he's he's actually not just hanging out with Tim and and Jill all the time. He actually is going out there and trying to to get back out into the world. And I don't know, I re- I really like Al's personal growth. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's you can tell it's something that he's passionate about and not being bullied into or made to feel bad about, and he's like taking initiative. That's cool. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not being told, "Hey, why don't you go to a singles bar tonight?" He's like, "Oh no, I found this tiki singles bar uh, on my own, and I'm gonna go to it, and I'm so fully committed that I have purchased." <laughs> The entire Weird Al in 3D ensemble. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that it's a tiki singles bar. So much as just a tiki bar that he is going to. I. I mean, no. He says singles night. So oh, maybe it's singles. It's just, maybe it's not a singles oh, bar, but it's I a singles see. night at a tiki bar. <sighs> singles night at a tiki bar. I, uh, that's. Uh... That's just a lot. That's, that's a whole other mood. That's I've been I've I've been to some tiki bars and that's a crowd and that's a kind of drink that they serve there that is powerful. So you get a lot of horny singles blitzed on zombies. Uh, it's gonna be. Uh, it, it, I just have have the cops on speed dial. You know. <laughs> uh, so when they find out that Heidi is having troubles with uh, Scott, her forever unseen husband and baby daddy, mm-hmm. uh, the Maris th- of 
Home Improvement. Honestly, yes, yes, the the Vera of of Home Improvement. Uh, they so Tim says, "Why didn't the you say Elle's mom of Home Improvement?" <laughs> uh, they they say, uh, like, "Well, why didn't you say anything?" Or Tim says, "Why didn't you say anything?" And she says, yeah. "I didn't want to bring my personal problems to work. Why not? Because you said don't bring your personal problems to work. Since when do you listen to me? Since you said you better start listening to me." Um. So this simultaneously makes me mad at Tim, but happy that yes. the writers wrote a very funny series of lines and gave them to Heidi. Like, her, her deadpan delivery of these is really good. She's fantastic in this episode with she's, what little she's given. Yes, yes. Um, she's, you know, she's bringing some of that Leprechaun 4 fire to the, to the uh, <laughs> equation. Um, Semper Fi. Yeah. Do die. Kill. 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 Or pain, 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 as as Tim was saying a moment ago. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's a that's whole all... different. That's a whole different uh, platoon. Uh, but that's all that I've got here. Have you got anything more? Um, only that uh, I, I I feel deprived of the episode where <laughs> Tim had to have a conversation with Heidi to tell her to start listening to him. What was she doing <laughs> where she wasn't listening to him and getting in trouble? I well, want to see that. I mean, now there have been a couple episodes where she gets too carried away with her intros, and last week, oh, okay. uh, yeah, she does right. she does basically start doing a tool time segment without introducing <laughs> Tim and Al, and they have to come in and be I like, "Could you it. let us know?" Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I want to see that whole episode. I want to see the power struggle episode where Heidi realizes, "Hey, I'm the only reason people watch this show. What if I just start doing yes. the shit that Tim and Al do?" Yeah, it would be yes. a lot better. Oh, I well. would prefer that. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh wow. We get a bunch of uh, skirts, <laughs> like invisible women in skirts, uh, rushing by the screen yes. to transition us Very back strange. home, where uh, Jill is sick, and Randy brings her a big old mug of hot. Truman, take us through the scene. A big old mug of hot. Um, <laughs> oh, are you saying because JTT is, uh, is you know, stealing the hearts of America? Um, so, no. Jill is sick. Not She's got the flu. Uh, and is reading mail order catalogs because now she has all this time on her hands to do this. So she's just like reading all these mail order catalogs that she has, I guess, been getting in the mail and just keeping and not throwing away. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, then, uh, you know, the boys are heading off to the mall. Uh, I'm gonna, I've got a note about what they're going to do at the mall. And, uh, (laughs) then Tim gets home with a whole grip of flu drugs for her and tells Jill about Heidi's marital troubles. And, uh, Jill says that she should call Heidi because she needs a woman to talk to. And Tim goes, no, it's taken care of. She's having dinner with Al. Uh, so... (laughs) So I will say Tim had a funny line here though when he he's unloading the the medicine that he brought. Yeah. Um <laughs> he just uh he's just unloading one, you know, um Vicks bottle after another and he says take two uh, take two of everything and everything will be dead in an hour. Yeah. Uh which I realize written out isn't as funny as the delivery of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, but it, it made you, me laugh, folks. You had to be there. We should also point out, actually, in the in the previous scene, yeah. one other thing where where Tim is saying, "I've got to stop at the pharmacy to get flu drugs for Jill." Can you recommend anything? And Al says, "No, I'm all homeopathic at this point." And Tim goes, "Oh well, no wonder you're having a hard time meeting girls." That's, <sighs> I mean, yes, it's kind of an eye roller, but it's also still kind of funny. I, you know, it's <laughs> it's um, uh, I, life is messy sometimes. Uh, okay, so. 
Jill lying around reading old mail order catalogs full of stupid gadgets. I'm looking at this and I'm like, what a blast from the past. Like, that's just not like, you know, the Hammaker Schlemmer catalog. You don't really get yeah. that much of that. And I was just thinking like, wow, what a 90s thing. And I'm, I'm marveling at what a nice little time capsule this is. And then uh, Mark and, and uh, Brad walk in and say, hey, we're going to go to the mall to buy some CDs. And I was just like, beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> 90, 1997 called. Or it's <laughs> 1998, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 1998 called. It did not have sexual relations with that woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I don't know. I like that a lot. And Jill tries to hook them on, on the music catalog where you can get 15 CDs for a penny, but the boys don't know who Pat Boone is, so that's a pass for them. <laughs> um, I do like that for once on the show... <laughs> They've acknowledged how many fucking magazines they have on that coffee table. True, true. <laughs> yeah, and it's been there since season one. It's just like I, they have like thirty magazines spread out there. I'm like, I never see anyone reading a magazine. Why do they have so many? I mean, I, I guess this is yet another sign of how uh, tuned in and respected the props and sets people on this show are. That they could say to them like, Hey, if you need a gag for the B plot, um, we've had the same magazine props out there for like seven seasons. Maybe you could do a thing about Jill finally reads the magazines and they and they actually do it. That's that's <laughs> kind of fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I've got for for this one. Yeah, it's a pretty short scene. Um, I, I guess I will say, because it, it leads up to um, a following scene, which is Randy taking uh, care of Jill. <laughs> I thought was kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't well, know. Well, it's kind of sweet where he's bringing, bringing her tea or whatever, and then, and then the boys are going to go to the mall. The other two are going to go to the mall, and she blows her nose for like 15 seconds and Randy just sits there and watches her and just says like, I'm going to go with you. Like he, that's, you know, kind of undercut like, well, you're gross, mom. You, you don't need my help that much. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's all I have for that scene. We get a stage hand uh, from the next scene, transitioning us to tool time. Tool time. <laughs> Heidi shows up. Uh, she's very excited. Uh, definitely a mood shift from the day before. She says that uh, Al put everything in perspective for her. Um, mm-hmm. Tim goes backstage, and uh, Al also has a little pep in his step. He says that her, uh, he and Heidi talked about everything, intimate details, everything. Al dishes on Heidi's sex life at the b- request of Tim, which is not my favorite part of this episode. Uh, and the show starts. And Heidi gives uh, Tim, the tool man, Taylor, and Al, the most sensitive guy in the world, Borland. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 affirmation slightly undercut by the fact that he was getting fairly granular with Tim about some fairly personal things in Heidi's yeah. intimate life. Yes. Yeah. Not my favorite. No. No one. Like, so, yeah. That... <laughs> They're they're backstage and you know Tim after talking to Heidi goes back there and is talking to him. First, let's point out that Al is quaffing his hair with some hairspray in a way that I find <laughs> quite appealing. Um, yes, but yeah, so it's like you know what what you know what do you guys talk about and. I like I don't have the exact lines, but it's just because I was so shocked and outraged that he was doing this. But yes. it's just he's saying like, well, yeah, you know, like, well, the problems with Scott. Well, you know, after the baby came along, she became less interested in sex, which was, uh, you know, Scott had problems with that because it used to be pretty rough and tumble before the baby came along. And it's just like, 
I mean, she told you this in confidence, and now you're telling her boss. And then when, I, I, I and and then it's like then Tim is going like, ah, tell me more detail. Like, what, what was her sex life like before the it's before gross. the baby? It's it, just, it's very gross. I am. I was at first grossed out by Al volunteering this information to Tim, and then the fact that Tim is so excited to be hearing it is gross. And the fact that Tim is positively <laughs> ravenous to hear more details about Heidi and her husband having sex, I like that. And then that Al is like, "I've already told you too much," and it's like, "Yeah, Al, you have." And in any other show, the the crux of the episode would be, "Hey." Why did you tell Tim that I was like right. like having sexual troubles with my husband? The whole point of me opening up to you was that you wouldn't tell other people. It's uh yeah, it's it's not great. It's kind of gross. Um I wish it didn't happen. I, uh and it feels out of character for Al. I got to be perfectly yeah, honest. Like It does. He they kind of have it both ways where they have Al dish a little bit. I think for the sake of the episode of you know putting Tim into questioning whether or not they they boned or not. Yeah. Um but I think it would have been stronger if they kept Al to his character and kept him mum the entire time mm-hmm. and I don't know found some more creative way if they really had to continue with this like Tim suspecting storyline find some more creative way to have him become suspicious. Yeah. I, and also like the the the, the, this this sets Tim off on on his creepiness for the episode, but like it's one thing to be a, a gross, disgusting man and be like, ah, Heidi is very attractive. I like th- I like to think about about what Heidi would look like <laughs> naked or one thing or another like that. Like, okay, fine, mm-hmm. creepy. Don't talk about that. Whatever. But the fact that Tim is so curious about what Heidi and her husband do together, like I, that that seems especially. I I don't know. It's just weird. You really want a window into that aspect? I I don't know. That seems strange to me. Like, (laughs) no, you're not wrong. I Uh, I I mean, I don't know. It would be understandable if it was like if it was just like Tim being in. If it's like, yeah, Heidi was talking about what her turn-ons are, or like something like that, and Tim being horny and wanting to know that. But it's like, no, what what was it like the first time she and her husband had sex? Tell me everything. What what, was it? Was it good on the night that the baby was conceived? Like Tim, (laughs) this is weird. This is not just pervy. It's actively strange. It's pervy and (laughs) fetishy. (laughs) <laughs> he's got like he's got like a fetish for like marital relations. Tim Tim is Tim is sexually obsessed with cars and people having well, sex within the confines of a marriage. Isn't that the the kind of unspoken thing here which is like the joke should be Al talking about the sex life and Tim asking, "Well, what car did they do it in?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. How big was the back seat? It never could work like that. Right, exactly. Getting hung up on the details of <laughs> the functionality of it rather than or the practicality of it rather than uh yeah the sexiness of it yeah i don't want to talk about this anymore it, it's it's very it's very uh, uh locker room talk to uh you know quote the last person who had no, access to the nuclear launch codes so no, anyway no, we um, don't acknowledge that yeah so shit so uh i don't remember what transition takes us out of <laughs> of this we get a uh uh because we end the scene on Heidi introducing Al as the most sensitive guy in the world, and we get a plaque that oh, right. uh, says most sensitive man transition, uh, transition us back home where, I, uh, yeah. Uh, first, let me tell you 
in the world of home improvement, he is the most sensitive man, so that is a well-deserved sash and plaque. Well, I mean, yeah, if you really want to go across gender lines, yes, the most sensitive man on the show, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most sensitive person, uh, I think that's up for debate. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Did I say person? I meant man, yes. Um, No, you said man. I'm just... I, oh, I'm look, the, the point I'm trying to make is that men are not people. That is that is how far <laughs> that is how far <laughs> to the left we have least. gone. No. Um, so yeah, back home, Jill is wearing a sinus mask to help with her yes. uh, to help with her uh, uh, flu. And Tim, it's you know, it's the following morning. Um, Tim calls Al's place. Al, the, the, probably a, a detail we should have put out in the previous scene is that Al has mentioned that he and Heidi are going out for dinner again that night to continue mm-hmm, talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim calls Al's place to check on him, and instead he gets Heidi picking up the phone. She's wearing a bathrobe and towel, and Al is in the shower. Not that Tim knows that. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we, we get we get a clip of that. Uh, uh, J- Jill, it sounded like she was wearing a bathrobe and a towel on her head. Um, <laughs> but uh, so when he... Also, I don't think she's wearing a towel on her head, just her body. I think no, she, no, I think she's got a bathrobe on her body and a towel on her head. I was, I, you know, I, I don't want to, again, seem like I'm creepily memorizing every detail of what Heidi's wearing in a scene or anything. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Sorry, thank you. Sorry, you were going faster than the playback on the show that I'm watching uh, did, and you're right. She has a blue I, towel on the head and the red plaid uh, bathrobe. <laughs> I, for, I did not realize it was a plaid bathrobe. That is a good touch. Um, <laughs> but so when Tim hears Heidi's voice saying, Borland residence, uh, Tim... You know, uh, says, oh, I'm sorry, wrong number, and hangs up. And then, uh, you know, Al from the next room back at Al's house says, who was it? And Heidi goes, it sounded like one of the Muppets. (laughs) Very exciting. And then uh, Tim back home with Jill is shocked at the prospect of Heidi having spent the night with Al after that dinner that they had. And his, his mind is completely blown as we go to commercial. Not, well, okay, I'm going to take umbrage with that. This is the part of the episode that I didn't like. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot that I didn't like. Obviously, we spent 10 minutes on the last scene, which I didn't like. But yeah. it's the, the confounding, frustrating thing for me in this episode is not that Tim sees a conflict of interest at work, some sort of HR problem with two coworkers sleeping together, the potential explosion that that could cause between them all, uh, not a concern for friendship of two people getting together and what that could mean if it comes apart. Uh, no, it makes him sick to his stomach. Yep. Yep. It is <laughs> gross that anyone could desire Al sexually. <laughs> I mean... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it has to be that, right? I mean, it's not that it's the two of them together. If he was picturing, if if he was picturing Heidi and her husband Scott together, I'm sure he wouldn't get sick to his stomach. He seems to like picturing Heidi and her husband Scott together, <laughs> based on how many questions he has. We've yeah, never right. we, we've never seen Scott, but we have to assume he is very pleasing to the eye, or at least to Tim's eye. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say, as as troubling as this scene and the previous scene was. Uh, it it was really counterbalanced by the uh, wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a Muppet. That exchange is one of the all time home improvement exchanges. For it, me. It, there there are look that 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 exchange is the exchange that launches a thousand good jokes because later 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 in down the line in this episode a callback to that is I think one of my favorite exchanges. Um, <laughs> 
I it it does remind me there is a Seinfeld episode where Jerry calls uh the girl he's dating and says it's me and she assumes that it's some other friend and so Jerry to keep the conversation going is just going like oh yeah how about that oh uh, okay well I gotta talk to you later and I don't know I, I there there's a the beautiful genre of people on '90s sitcoms pretending to be someone else on the phone and doing a dumb voice yes. <laughs> I want get YouTube on it. I want uh, a super cut. It, it might it it honestly it might just be those two scenes, but either way, that cut will still be super. <laughs> yeah, I also will say so. Uh, Jill wearing her sinus mask. Um, what I, I really enjoyed Jill's subplot in this episode. Like Jill, Jill is sick, but she's not like she's clearly not suffering. Like she's not hating it. She's just like under the weather. And this yeah. idea that she's reading these mail order magazines and is just buying weird shit from them to deal with her cold. So like the sinus mask and she says to Tim something like, yeah, well, you know, if I don't, if I don't like it, I can return it. And Tim goes, well, I don't want to be the second person to wear that thing. <laughs> uh, agreed. But well, yeah, you're right. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, it's, it's not like it's, she's not getting. It's not covering like her nose or her mouth, so there's like no mucus actually coming out of it. But I, I, I still it, wouldn't want to put on somebody else's sick mask. I think it's. I think it's coming pretty close to her nose, not her mouth, but yeah. I, I don't know. It looks a lot like the Green Hornet mask. Well, I would hope that the Green Hornet's mask is maybe a little more form fitting than this this blobby thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't quite have the comfort of this. No, but also... <laughs> Green Hornet needs uh, needs uh, his sinuses nice and clean when he's fighting. You don't want to uh, be clogged when you're doing a judo kick. Look, the, the, way, the way to get your sinuses nice and clean before you go out and fight crime is he has Kato uh, tell a joke early on that gets him to shoot water out of his nose. That's, they, oh. that's what works for us, and... <laughs> I am. I have always been the Bruce Lee of this podcast. Of course, it's cleared my sinuses, but definitely not my brain. So, if you can get tell a joke that does a power wash on my brain to make things work a little bit better, you know, I will invite that. Please I, uh, look. Modern science and modern comedy have not yet gotten there, but we're we're trying every day. Okay. Um. So. Do, do you want like I? I feel like we have more to say about Al, about Tim's response to this, but that kind of continues in the next scene. Do you just want to? It bounce, does. Yeah, let's, bounce let's to keep this going. So yeah. we we go to the commercial uh, on Tim being sick. Um, we get basically a thermometer going into his mouth and exploding, uh, taking us to commercial. And we come back a little bit later, uh, and he's just like he cannot get Al and Heidi image out of his head tim doesn't think that uh heidi can fall for a guy like al jill assures him that nothing happened between the two of them Mm -hmm. um i mean i don't even feel like we need to comment anything more than that uh on that scene i that's all that really happens i mean the only other thing i'd say is just i I would have less trouble with tim having this outsized reaction to the prospect of Heidi and Al being together if there were if he had some deeper reason for it beyond just Ugh, it's not right like if he right. were like if it were something about he thinks they're not right together if he thinks oh this is gonna fuck up the dynamic on the show if he thinks yeah you know oh I I you know I don't want Al to get hurt or I or like I'm it I'm secretly in love with Al and the thought of him being with a woman <laughs> uh scares okay. and frightens me That's- I, was, I was gonna get angry because you were just reciting everything i listed but then you brought it to a, a better place than i did yeah yeah it, it just yeah so that's that's all i'm saying it, it's it, it's lazy it just it turns it on lazy. revulsion that's all next yeah. scene what 
we get oh. a uh, scene slide transition. That's the the scene slide transitions are getting really aggressive. Yeah. Like they they rumble a little bit every time they do it. Um, yeah, it takes us to tool time where uh, Heidi asks uh, Al. Uh, they're getting ready to to do an episode, and asks Al to help her with her tool bet, belt while Tim uh, is snooping. Uh, they don't see him arrive to work, and so he's like keeping an eye out, see how they behave with each other. Um, she says uh, he just catches little glimpses of their their conversation, saying it's been incredible the last few days. Um, and uh, she leaves, and Al's whistling the grunt work theme song. Love it, love um, it. <laughs> then uh, Tim sees Al alone and approaches and asks Al about it, and uh, Al uh, does his Kermit impression. <sighs> So okay, I'm your your Kermit is better than mine. So uh, I want to if you if you have this written down. So you, well, if you give me the line, I'll I'll recite it as Kermit. Okay, so so the the so this is first when when Tim and Al are, are talking once Heidi has gone backstage, and Tim says Al that he called this morning. So uh, uh, Tim's line here is maybe done in the Kermit voice. So you're Kermit. Oh wait, he says maybe. Yes, he says maybe. Every time we try and do this, it always gets dropped. <laughs> yes, yes. Like the 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 exchange the exchange between them is uh, uh, Al says, you know, Tim confesses that he was the one who called the house. Al says, "So you're Kermit." Oh, so your Kermit is the line. Yes, so your Kermit is what. T- okay, Landon. <laughs> What's the joke that clears your brain again? How do I do it? <laughs> Can I hit Control Alt Delete? <laughs> I I sometimes do feel like I have a computer bug in my brain, deleting things <laughs> as I'm adding new information. What Tim? Okay, so what Al says to Tim? Quote. Yes. So you're Kermit. And then so you're Kermit. Nah. <laughs> no. Did no. I not do it right? No, you didn't do it right. The exchange is so you're Kermit, Maybe. and then yes, immediately. Okay, okay, now okay, now we stepped on each other's lines as we did it. So okay, everybody, <laughs> listeners at home, don't unsubscribe from the podcast. We're gonna get it right this time. Okay, all right, all right. Al says, "So you're Kermit." Tim says, "Maybe." <laughs> Thank you. Finally, <laughs> finally, we got there, but. The speed with which Tim responds that way, how quickly it goes, just like one to two. Tim immediately going into Kermit voice is <laughs> is really, really funny to me. But I wait, I thought Al did Kermit. Yeah, Al does Kermit at the end of the scene. They they come uh-huh. back to Kermit again. So at the end of the scene, like oh, so right, okay. Yes. So then Tim has been prying. Al keeps saying, oh, well, you know, I'm not I don't want to tell you like what's happening. You know, what's going on with Heidi and I is our business. And it's none of yours. They're getting set up for, for the show. Tim persists. And Al finally says to him, OK, do you do you have this written down so you can you can do? No, I don't have any. You know me. We've been doing this for five years. I haven't written a single line of dialogue down ever. You, you said you took copious notes. I don't know what's going on. This <laughs> guys, this is the episode that's going to break up the band. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'm going to have to go out to dinner with some beautiful woman and talk to her every night about how my podcast co-host and I are having a lot of problems right now. Okay. Truman, I love you. I love you too, Landon, and my love for you grows stronger with each passing episode. Okay. Tim, so it, it, anyway, they, they, they go back and forth over this, and finally mm-hmm. Al says to him, Well, Tim, the truth is Heidi and I are entitled to our privacy. 
<laughs> that wasn't too bad. It sounded not... a little bit more like Muppet Baby Gonzo. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> they, it it's it's tough it's tough because your your Kermit is god tier. I think you do a more convincing Kermit than the person who Disney is currently hired to do Kermit. So it's <laughs> It's the one impression I could do if I could only think of any dialogue to do with it. I should I should just well listen, again, that's a whole other idea for a podcast is just us like going back and forth reading the script from the master, but you're doing Joaquin Phoenix as Kermit and I'm doing Philip Seymour Hoffman as Fozzie. Or <laughs> you say we could do uh audio dramas as the Muppets. Muppet versions of the Muppets the Master. The the Muppets take the master, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Muppets Licorice Pizza. I'm assuming that that's going to be Scooter and Miss Piggy. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, I don't know. Uh, uh, I guess Muppets Inside Llewellyn Davis. That's uh, that's probably Floyd from the <laughs> from the band. Um, I love it. Yeah, but so anyway, so it's just it is just this scene basically is just more of Tim being completely obsessed with he needs to find out if Heidi and Al are doing it or not. Yeah. Well, okay, just to play devil's advocate, and I yeah. that's kind of a dick move, but let me let me pose this to you. Has have you ever been in a situation, maybe not necessarily with two other people, but I don't know, where it seems like there's something going on that you don't know and you want to get to the bottom of it, like you want to know what's going on, but people just are keeping you at arm's length? Yes, I have I I would say that I have had situations like those, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's but it's like you know if it like there's been like there 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 was you know there was a time when there i like i was i i had seen some evidence or heard circumstantially some evidence that uh that someone in a couple that i knew might be pregnant and i was very curious because i was not aware that that was a thing that those two were interested in doing and i had a whole lot of curiosity <laughs> over whether or not this was going to happen but at no point did i go like this is an obsession. You, I must you weren't know. Snooping. I wasn't snooping. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like going through trash for pregnancy tests. And I also wasn't treating it like <laughs> at, at no point was I like outraged that I wasn't being let in on this information because it was very much like, oh, that's interesting. I'm curious about that. It's also none of my business. So if information should land in my lap, I'll be interested to know it. But I also don't feel wronged that I'm not being included mm-hmm. in this. I mean, I don't know. Have you have you ever been in a situation where you feel where you feel like there's information that you are entitled to that you're not getting? Not I. I will a. I just I never. I don't feel entitled to anything in this world. That's uh, a good way so to live. Just take that off the table. But okay. I did have a, a situation that I found to be fucking hilarious. Um, where uh, no names dropped here, but. I was uh, in an office, a very intimate office. You know, mm-hmm. there's a very small company. Yeah, and, Playboy. Um, <laughs> my boss got secretly married. Oh. And he told the other person in the office. Uh, and I can't I can't remember the details of how I knew that they got secretly married. So I was a I was privy and aware that everyone was keeping the secret for me but i knew what the secret was so (laughs) it was just incredibly fun for me to watch everyone tiptoe around this thing that i already knew and we you would ask sort of halfway halfway leading questions that would force and like watch what odd (laughs) lies they could 
Hey, I noticed that the that the the skin on his finger is a little bit lighter on the ring finger, almost as though something has been obscuring it from the sun that's yeah. been in that position. Like, has he been wearing any new rings or something? Um, uh, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> also, also the fact that Tim is Tim is frightened and horrified and disgusted by the prospect of Al and Heidi being together, but then is determined to find out whether Heidi and Al are together. It's like, if the if the thought of that is so noxious to you, why are you pursuing confirmation of it? There's a greater psychological question there that honestly I wish Jill would have unpacked with him. Like, <laughs> why do you need to know it if it's going to make you angry? I don't know. I, to me, that's the most realistic thing, is that there is some sort of irrational... Uh, you know, I don't want to see a dead body, but I have to look at the car wreck driving by sort of mentality to mm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to see a dead body, but it is going to bring me and my three other, uh, you know, preteen friends closer together and help us on our path towards manhood. Therefore, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, go stand by me. Um, oh, stand by me. Okay, I was like, you lost me on that one. I'm just going to see where you go. Hopefully, I'll meet you there. Yes, yes. But you, you met me at the dead body where we fight those bullies. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is, have, you got, have you got more from this this Muppetational scene? Mm, no, I don't. Oh, my God. Really good. I kind of just... One of these weeks, I'm just going to send you the screenplay for The Master, and we're going to... Well, actually, first, okay. I, need, I need to work on my Fozzie impression. I... I <laughs> I do wait, many, wait, wait, many things. <laughs> wait, so Fozzie's in the Philip Seymour Hoffman role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fozzie's Lancaster Dodd, and you're Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> like, just, just, I mean, just, I mean, just picture that. Picture Kermit and Fozzie sitting there on the boat, and it's, it's like, I waka waka. I need to know what's in this potion you've made. At least I'm not even doing a Fozzie impression. I need to really work on it. Okay. Oh my God. Um. Okay. <laughs> we we get a do not disturb uh sign um off of Al's we need our privacy uh mm. transition us back home where Jill has a tissue disposer Andy asks Andy Andy oh landed dollar in the jar a, a dusty dollar in the dusty jar that you never use wow <laughs> you know what we just had a a <laughs> A patron say that they are going to go back from the beginning and chart how much each of us owe at the end of this ep- of this weird project that we're doing. Our our poor patrons doing all of this labor of re-listening to our podcast to chart things. I guess when you when you make a podcast about charting obscure things, I, yes, it's the fan base you attract. <laughs> oh, you aren't incorrect, Marty. Uh, Aunt Randy asks, "What's up?" And uh, Tim comes in. Um, about to go to Al's to to do some more snooping because he's the landlord. So he's not only, um, you know, being a monster in regards to being a boss, but also a landlord, just making Al's life miserable one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> I mean, really, the, Al knowing to, and I don't want to blame the victim here, but Al does know Tim. He should have foreseen that. Yeah, if Tim decides there's something in my personal life he wants to know about, Tim will abuse the fact that he has a key to my door to uh, to get into that. I love the the tissue tissue evaporator. That was pretty cool. The, the, yeah, it's it's this it's this big like console basically on her desk with like with lights on it and she just blows her nose into a tissue and puts it on this uh like I don't know, there's it's like a rubber membrane or something basically and just sucks the tissues down into it and she says that they are shredded and deodorized and and like disposed of. And 
a a how how much joy Jill is getting out of having this machine, how happy she is to be using it and to be explaining it to others. It's great. It's really good. I just love Jill having fun. Secondly, this seems like a, honestly, I would love to have this thing. This seems very useful. I would. uh, For how go having, we're just now today is the first 60 some degree day. Uh, So winter is officially over here. For how many times I've had to clean out my little dustbins, uh, or not dustbins, you know, my little, yeah. my smaller garbage bins in, you know, my office, my bedroom, my, uh, you know, etc. from tissues. Like, I have to blow my nose every single morning. If I just had this little evaporator thing, like what? I mean, this was invented in 1998. By 2022, like, do we even have to empty a trap? Or <laughs> does it just kind of, ev- you know shoot it with lasers and evaporate it. <laughs> it sends it into an alternate dimension where the people living there are going to be very upset with how many snotty tissues are getting blasted into their homes. <laughs> I, I feel like if that, if that thing had actually been invented in 1998, by now it would be like, it would take your tissues and it would like run tests on the mucus in them and let you know, well, A, it would definitely tell you if you have coronavirus or not. B, it would probably yeah. give you a bunch of, it would download a bunch of biometric data that may or may not be totally totally bullshit to your uh smartwatch about how healthy or unhealthy you are um yeah you know man yeah. man-made horrors beyond my comprehension really <laughs> i'm looking to see if if these exist uh my what, my what? initial google search just said did you mean tissue dispenser <laughs> no so. no 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 i tissue tissue dispensing i've got that on lock we've perfected that technology <laughs> i want something to get rid of the yeah. tissues in an efficient manner <laughs> Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. Fake product. Uh, Well, okay, two thumbs down. One more reason to hate this episode. It teased us with beautiful future technology that is not real. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think the only thing... Yeah, Tim is going over there, and Jill accuses him of being obsessed with uh, Heidi and Al because he cried out their names in his sleep. Mm. Saying uh, something there. <laughs> yep. Um... Yeah, so uh, out back, uh, Tim runs into Wilson, who is boiling up sap for the Michigan, I'm sorry, the Michigan Maple Fest. I hiccuped in the middle of it at the thought of maple, and now I'm not going to be able to edit it out because I didn't give myself a clean edit point. Uh, Wilson, uh, Tim starts to talk about the uh, Al and Heidi situation, but uh, Wilson already knows because I guess he just does therapy for everyone in the neighborhood. Tim tries to pry some, and Wilson explains to him about cognitive dissonance and how he should probably, uh... Actually, I don't know. He just explains to Tim about how the reason he's so upset by this idea is cognitive dissonance, and then that kind of their conversation just stops, and it doesn't really resolve. <laughs> it, it really does just stop. Um, I, I was kind of shocked by it. Uh, I was just looking up right now whether or not the Michigan Maple Festival is a real thing. I bet it was... But it's one of these situations where it's probably morphed into a couple things over the years. Uh, it looks like there's a, a maple association in Michigan. I, so you're saying it's a lot of different events. Yeah. So, so you're saying it's a mighty morphin Michigan maple festival. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Only I'm not actually going to say those words because we know me, don't we? <laughs> there is a maple syrup festival date TBD or TBA. Um, sometime this year in Hanover, Michigan. Ooh. So do you, you, you want to go for that? Yeah, pre- you know, pre-order some tickets. Michigan's not too far. Yeah, you get to it. Yeah, Six I mean, hours maybe. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a little rowdy rowdier trip for me, but you know, I, I'm I'm in it for some maple <laughs> syrup. 
I, I like a good pancake. Uh, oh god, why did I mention pancakes? I forgot what those are coded as on our show. Um, I. <laughs> so yeah, like the, this Wilson scene. It's like. I, I really was kind of hoping that Wilson would be like, neighbor, I don't know why you care so much about this. It's not your business. You should let sleeping dogs lie or something. But all he just explains about is the notion of... It's almost like Wilson validates Tim's shittiness by saying, like, yes, well, some things are just so chaotic that it breaks your brain to think about them, and it's called cognitive dissonance. And it's like, well, what, it, really, Wilson? I thought you were the good guy. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I do kind of like... <laughs> I wish, And I wish they'd push this more to the extreme tim really goes existential with it because he's like mm-hmm. uh because he says okay uh it's called causing cause cognitive Co- dissonance good mm-hmm. fucking god you Co- want cause- me to say mighty morphin maple uh, rangers no yeah, they do. Ka- kazakhstan um, uh, dissonance yes <laughs> cognitive dissonance uh, where pieces of our lives no longer make sense and in our, we have to reorder our way of thinking in order to, to recontextualize them. And Tim just goes, let me go with this for a minute. He's like, maybe cars aren't the most important thing in the world. Maybe opera is the most manliest thing. Like, I re- really wanted him to keep going down this road of just completely second-guessing everything that he's made his identity of. Yeah. I- See the complete undoing of Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> by the end of this show watch him watch him deconstruct his entire personality in the course of 30 seconds standing in his backyard i mean i i wanted to see the same thing when he realizes that hanging out with a little girl is cool and that maybe masculine pursuits are not the end-all be-all like he he keeps inching closer to it but always then shies away at the last moment yeah i guess that's true yeah um maybe maybe it's a a case of two steps forward uh, one and a half steps back. So by the Maybe time it's we Maybelline. end this series, we'll be somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, we will be somewhere. Whether that place is a place we want to be, uh, that's harder to say. Um, CBA. Yep. Uh, we get a hook transitioning us out of the scene back to tool time. Yep. It's men act men's activities week. Uh, Tim says that uh, they shouldn't have gotten involved uh in his personal life. So yeah, they're not doing an episode. They are uh. Just okay. I'm gonna start over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Rerack. Okay. Take two. Here we go. <laughs> There's a hook transition, and the hook is coming from the following scene where Al is testing out a fishing rod for Men's Activity Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are after hours tool time. Tim comes in uh, and says that he shouldn't have gotten involved in Al's personal life, and he apologizes. Mm. Uh, Heidi comes in and. Al says that he wants to take her to dinner, and she says, "Oh no, thanks. You, uh, your, all your help really helped me get back with Scott, and uh, we're we're gonna give it another go this night. Uh, this night is how I said this that. night. <laughs> and uh, she gives Al a present. Uh, it's a Tiki Hut cookbook, um, and Al tells uh, tells or he tells her that Tim thinks that they slept together." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of goes, he has his little aw shucks moment. Like, isn't that crazy that, you know, he thinks that a girl like you would never get with a guy like me. And, uh, he, mm. she's like, Al, I don't think so. Listen, I don't, th- I don't think so, Al. She That would have been really good. Uh, she says, no, Al, you are exactly the kind of guy I'm looking for. Um, then my notes here, I'm just going to read them verbatim. Okay. <laughs> Are they going to kiss? Kiss, motherfucker. Kiss, damn it. Kiss, 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 kiss. Do a kiss. They are fucking kissing. Oh, my God. Kissing, kissing. 
And all okay. caps, by the way. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so I, I guess you're pro kissing then. It seems like <laughs> Al and Heidi kissing. Yes, B- big time into it. I I am not like Tim. I am pro, and and they they do this they do this because she knows that Tim is watching from nearby, and she wants to you know uh, let's give them something to talk about, basically, in the words yeah. of that famous song that I don't know who sang it, but I <laughs> well, Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt. What? This scene made me cringe. I am a big fan of Heidi and Al kissing yeah. in terms of like that bit from like last season at the trade show when it's like a boob yeah. and an outtake. Yeah. This whole conversation from them is very like, like, oh, a girl like you would never like a guy like me. No, if I yeah. wasn't with my boyfriend, I'd be with you. And then her like. It's a little mal wish gaze. fantasy. Yeah, v- very much the, you know, like, listen, and I. I I'm cringing at this only because when I was like 14 or 15, it was like, boy, it sure would be cool if like the hottest girl <laughs> at the school just kissed me just one time, like as a joke, but all my friends could see it. Like I've, like, so I've, <laughs> I've felt the feelings that are on display yeah. here, and I just, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I want better for Al and for Heidi <laughs> than this. I mean, I mean, I, I have your reactions. Uh, in retrospect, and even after uh, immediately following it happening, I think my notes just are indicative of being swept up in the moment of, are we going to see them kiss? Yes, I, I, we're going to see them kiss. They're kissing. Sure, sure. I mean, I'm sure that, that Al was pretty swept up in that moment, too. Um, <laughs> there... There is, I, I don't know, I, I would have I would have just liked it more if the show just always, A, if there wasn't a kiss, and B, almost if the show just left it ambiguous, I don't know, like, I, because I, I, <laughs> whether or not they boned? I guess, I don't know, like, I don't, yeah. I don't want them to have boned. I like, I, what I really love about the show is that Al and Heidi seem to be just really good for, like, even before this yeah, episode, they're like, it's they're an- good friends, they like each other. Yes, and it's important to have representation of platonic uh, co-ed friendships for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, which is which is why I think one of the darkest moments in Frasier is when they finally have him and Roz sleep together, and it's like, yeah, why, why, why did that. you do this? Yes, I. Well, I'm mentioning it again because I don't talk about Frasier enough. Um, <laughs> there, so also, I, I just need to I need to put voice to this actual thing about Tim that really put me off the episode is when. Okay. You know, Tim has said, I'm sorry I was trying to get up in your personal business. And Al says, well, if there's any other part of my life you want to talk about, I'm an open book. And Tim just goes, I'm not much of a reader. And it's like, well, like, I'm just... <laughs> cut, like, what was the fucking point of this episode if you're not going to like start reading, Tim? I would forgive so much of this episode if the, if the end of it is like, what well, you know, if Tim is apologizing and saying like, hey, it's not right for me to be prying into your personal life. But yeah. Al says other stuff. I'm an open book, and Tim then asks him a question about some other thing. And why then... didn't you tell me over uh, a poo poo platter at the Tiki Hut? Yeah. Well, but also because because Heidi, as a gift, has gotten Al the uh, Tiki Hut cookbook. Al excitedly exclaims, "Oh, now I can make poo poo at home," which is totally sophomoric, but made me laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so they wouldn't have to go to the Tiki Hut for that. They could go to Al's house. Uh, also, I, I want to point out, because I was assuming you were going to, uh, one of the best wordplay jokes, mm. uh, definitely in this episode, definitely mm. in the season, maybe in the show, Yeah, uh, where <laughs> they're talking about uh, Heidi's thanking Al for letting her sleep at his place, and uh, she says, thanks for letting me sleep on your hideaway bed, 
uh, or hide a bed. Yeah. <laughs> and Al goes, well, from now on, I'm going to call it the Heidi bed. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> really nice. <laughs> it was a <sighs> great joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, and I guess, and also, I guess let's just say it. I'm glad that Heidi and Scott are getting back together. I mean, happy for them, happy for their kid. Good. It's good when people are able to work stuff out. I guess. Out. I mean, we don't really know what the problem was in their relationship to any big degree outside of they stopped having sex after the kid was born, right? It, I mean, yeah. that's the problem of not seeing Heidi's experience. True, true. <laughs> we don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Like, this could be a stranger danger situation. True, true. And I mean, I and also, like, all... Also, all we know really is that the problems in the relationship started when she was less interested in sex after having a baby, which kind of makes me a, a, like a, a little bit down on Scott for not being more understanding that maybe after childbirth she wouldn't be as interested in sex. But again, I'm not trying yeah. to look into their relationship. Maybe there were other extenuating circumstances. And I guess that's it's... the problem is like we don't we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And yeah, that's the issue. I wanna I wanna see that story. I want to get into the rich inner life of Heidi, and we don't get it. We, we should don't y- ever get it. I I want to know too. I want to see that story too. Landed. Let's get some binoculars. Let's concoct a pretext <laughs> to barge into <laughs> Heidi and her husband's house, and let's just figure out what's going on there. We deserve to know this. <laughs> I am gonna let you, George McFly, that one on your own. <laughs> oh, uh, Daddy-o. No, wait, that's not the one. Great Scott. Marty, that's the one. Um, Marty, Marty. Uh, God, my my Martys have gotten listless. I am I am fading. No, it's, it's good. You, you're you're giving uh, you're giving Farah the hard work that we sometimes have doing the grunts. <laughs> yeah. When I say we, I mean you, because you are the one that gr- counts them. I um, I am the one who grunts, Skyler. Um, so. <laughs> So from there we go, uh, we go out back at Tim's yeah. house where he's fade out to a commercial. Yes. We're at our singer. Yeah, and I guess Tim is just trying to talk about all this cognitive dissonance stuff with Wilson, uh, and Wilson tells him to get a hobby because Wilson is too busy <laughs> to talk. And then a beautiful woman emerges from Wilson's house, asking where his copy of Lady Chatterley's Lover is, and Tim just turns away and goes, "I got to get some new neighbors." I, I mean. I don't know. Again, why why is Tim so upset by the fact that all of his neighbors are potentially getting... Well, one of his neighbors is definitely getting some. One of them is potentially getting some. Yeah. Well, I would be, if I were Tim, a little more concerned about the girl's life. I mean, True. is this the next victim of Wilson? Yeah, yeah. Did the, did, did this, uh, you know, did this horny intellectual he's got in his house, did she write some manuscript that is now going to get passed off as his own? Well... <laughs> We, we we shall see. Uh, the manuscript. <laughs> we got to keep an eye on Lady Chatterley from here forward. See what happens to that that copy. Yeah, it's a. It is. I mean, I don't know. I I I have been watching a little more uh, '90s unsolved mysteries recently, and the thought of Richard Stack walking around, uh, uh, t- you know, Wilson's backyard, saying Wilson W. Wilson <laughs> seemed like just an ordinary retiree, but neighbors never saw the bottom half of his face. If if you've seen Lady Chatterley, uh, call the number it. on your screen. You could help solve a murder. Um, what uh, another kind of wordplay that I liked here is uh, when Tim comes out there. Uh, Al goes, "Heidi ho, no, Heidi L." That's yeah, pretty good. I'm surprised that they haven't like. I, I'm surprised they haven't hit that before. Like Heidi Ho was his 
catchphrase before there was a Heidi on the show, a Heidi show, if you will. <laughs> right, yeah. So, and I'm surprised that they've never had Heidi walk in the backyard and Wilson say, Heidi ho, Heidi. That's got to happen by the end of the season, it, that series. That's got to yeah. happen. I'm, I'm betting Absolutely. on that. But I'll put without, money in the jar. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> um, we go to our outtakes. Uh, Tim can't get out <laughs> the joke about Payne Stewart's pants. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm feeling the pain. Jill goes to uh, another. Uh, we go to another scene where Jill's sick and she fake sneezes when she has food on a plate in her hand, and the food goes flying off. That one kind of made me laugh a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Good bit. Good bit. Jill having fun. Oh, Truman. What did we learn from this episode? Uh, we we learned that if someone wants to volunteer details about their sex life and mm-hmm. what they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you feel comfortable listening to that. Great. Go ahead. Have fun. But it's really not your place to be asking. And if you, and it's okay to be curious about these things and it's okay to wonder about them and speculate about them. Uh, like that's just natural. And to like, think about that in your own time, but to make it your life's mission to find those things out. It's not okay. And oh, and, and more broadly, we learned that you should, like not disc you shouldn't tell the people in your life to never talk about their lives and then expect them to talk about their lives when it's a thing that makes you horny that's the that's the other thing that you should you should learn um not you not you not you landon i'm not saying that you do this i'm just saying that the royal you what did you learn this week what did i learn this week i learned that um you need to set clear boundaries between uh not only your friendships, um, but with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that there are moments in this when Al is lying to himself about his feelings for Heidi. Mm. Are you... Uh, go on. Mm-hmm. No, go on. Go on. <laughs> and I think he needs to set boundaries for saying, I can help this woman, this friend of mine who's going through some trouble. I can sit and listen to her woes, um, but if I know that my feelings start to change, I need to have the inner strength to say, maybe it's not the best idea if you sleep over. Maybe we shouldn't go out to dinner every single night. Mm -hmm. I am here whenever you need me. Are you quoting the Baywatch theme song right now? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was striving to think of the next line <laughs> i couldn't do it i yeah honestly i can't so, so I, I'll, I'll be there waiting so, da, 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 da. Uh, i yeah i i are are you are you kind of basing these thoughts about al's feelings off of the look on his face when heidi says she and scott are getting back together yes it, it's it not forefront in the episode, but I, I, a, I definitely thought it was going to go there at points, mm-hmm. uh, particularly because they weren't focusing on Heidi, whose fucking story it is. Yeah. Um, but also, yes, uh, there were a few like almost overt moments in Richard Carnes' performance where he does seem visibly disappointed that uh, their their time together, who which he's clearly enjoying, is coming yes. to an end. Yes. You know, I, yeah. I have to say, that's, um, like, props to Richard Karn for conveying a lot without saying any of it. Like, I don't know if that's just some yeah. business that he he himself created for the character or if that was something that came from the writers. But I think that that, that lent a lot of 
kind of depth and nuance to this episode that, yeah, th- again, it's like, I wish we'd explored, <laughs> I wish we'd explored It would have been a better feelings. episode, right? Like, yeah. fuck Tim. Fuck, Tim doesn't need to be involved in this situation at all. Like, yes. Tim could be the impetus. Keep that opening scene. Go, go help Heidi, right? Yeah. You can keep that part, but then deal, either show us Heidi's story of this or show us Al having to confront, you know, these weird feelings. I mean, that would be a storyline we don't see very often, right? Yes. I yeah, I think that so many there so often on this show, the biggest weakness of a plot is that they that they're trying to make Tim the main character and there's no organic way to do that because Tim shouldn't be the main character. Like, you know, right. it's <clears throat> him on the outside. I keep saying the term on the outside looking in, but that is really it. They they, they try to put the focus there. <laughs> that is the definition of spying. I uh, yes, yes. I, I don't know. There were I and not at risk of of doing my thing and bringing up Frasier again, which admittedly I guess I haven't been doing as much recently. <laughs> there were a bunch of episodes when Kelsey Grammer's coke problem was getting really out of control. Where at the beginning of the episode it would be like Frasier and Niles in the recording booth and Frasier being like, "Well, I have to go to Boston to see Frederick, but I hope you can keep keep a handle on things here in Seattle." And then like there's a cool episode about Niles and Daphne and Martin yeah. doing something. Why can't there be like Tim going like, ah, "I'm off to a conference, but uh, Al and Heidi, you have a good time here." Like. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree. I kind of wish we did get more untethered Tim episodes. Um, but I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't. Maybe there was some mandate from D- at Disney saying you know you can't have uh, e- extramarital affairs. Mm, true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. That's a shame. Actually, no, it's not. I mean, extramarital affairs are bad, generally, but I i mean, I guess, you know, when it compromises the TV show, I don't know how I feel, actually. I mean, it does, I mean, in real life, yes, but for conflict on a TV series, I think I, it's proven to be a pretty good plot line. Yeah, okay, I'm opposed to extramarital affairs in real life. I guess when it's fake-ass people who only exist for my entertainment, uh, go wild, I, I, I suppose. Um, <laughs> although it would be, you know, Scott would be, I guess, the victim there. So a character we've never seen before. Yes. But yeah. Well, yeah. So an unseen cuckold. I mean, that's, uh, that's ding, 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 ding. That was the word. Ding, ding, ding. I got it. I nailed it. <laughs> Enjoy that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Free grunt work nights. Oh my God. I was, I was really, I was thinking like, was it going to be a golf thing? And I was trying to find a way that I could rummage around into, into like fairway or green or something. Oh my God. Wow. Um, oh my God. I, I, and here's the thing. You had to say the whole word. If you had said cucked at any point in this episode uh, or cucked, we wouldn't have given it to you. You had to say the entire word. So congratulations for your archaic knowledge of words. I, well, okay. Well, A, archaic knowledge of words is about the only thing I have going for me. B, as a uh, straight... Knowledge of archaic words. As a, as a straight cisgender white guy, I have to be very careful about saying the word cuck lest I be lumped in with the wrong group of dudes. Uh, yes, so if, yes. I'm, if I'm going to talk about the concept of being cheated on, I need to use the full, the full old-timey term. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, every, every week... I, I, and I hope you also played lots of, uh, you know, music and, and uh, you know, uh, fireworks and fizzlers and, you know, all oh, those kinds of Fourth of July sounds. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm I I promise you I am totally wilding out on sound effects right now. Listeners, uh, <laughs> listeners already know what I'm doing. Uh, I yeah. saying this right now don't know, but me editing this in a week's time will. Wait, uh, wait, wait. I like I like this one that you're about to play. 
Yeah. That one's my favorite. Yeah, you like you like that? Yeah. <laughs> Wait for the drop there. Yeah. It's my favorite part. Right. Um, and rap. <laughs> yeah, this is where the this is where the rap sequence kicks in in the song that I'm playing. Uh <laughs> I want to say I want to say that every week when we do the secret password and I don't get it, I'm like, oh, man, this is even good. But then, man, I tell you, getting it feels amazing. So let's keep playing this game forever. Okay, great. All right. One month to our patrons, so congratulations, everyone. Uh, I feel like that was because Episcopalian that felt a little cheap when you got it the first time. Because yeah. a, I think I had forgotten that it was in the episode, and yep. b, uh, you said Episcopal. And I gave it to you on Episcopalian. We got it there. It felt a little, a little rough around the edges. The edges. This was a nice, clean get. You just nailed it. I, so I congratulations. Look, look. This is uh, this must be what golfing is like. This was a hole in one. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, I just lined up my forty-four magnum shotgun uh, 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 mashy or whatever you use. I'm using the golf terms that I thought I was going to have to be saying to try and get the word. And uh, it went. These, none of these are golf terms at and, all. And it went. It went sailing down the golf diamond and uh, plopped right <laughs> into the ball cup. And um, ball cup. And that's uh, you know. And then they made me. Uh, they made me the golfsman for the day. And um, I got a. Uh, I got a free milkshake. That's that's in the rules of the wow. game. Um, <laughs> It sounds like a much more fun game than golf. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, you, you, yeah, you add you add complimentary dairy products, and any game gets more enjoyable. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, just to, for tradition's sake, we'll do the uh, grunt count. Yep. What, what do you think oh, the grunt count on. was? Uh, it's zero, but I, I have something more important. I'm trying to think about here, which is how would Kermit grunt? Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know that I could do both throat sounds at the same time. No, that's more like Marge Simpson. Uh, I feel like Kermit's grunt, at least in the context of Muppet Babies, Kermit's grunt on there is going, sheesh. I, I, I'm sorry. I, after Marge Simpson, I, I can't recover. Marge um, work? I do have, I do have an update, though. About my handicap, yeah, uh, I was able to do the calculation. Uh, now, I, I just want to preface this by saying this is going off of green tees on a very specific golf course uh, that I play at with my dad. So, uh, on that specific course, my handicap is somewhere between fifteen and eighteen. Okay, okay, so about about similar to Al's. Yeah. Well, right. but they might be playing on more difficult courses than mm, I am, mm-hmm, and mm. on harder tee boxes than I am. Okay, I would say that my handicap is anxiety, um, <laughs> pain, pain, <laughs> yeah, pain. No, it's pain. I have zero tolerance for pain. <laughs> oh man, um, do you have anything else for this episode? <laughs> uh, I think the only other. Um, does everybody know what time it is? No, I, no, my Marge Simpson does not last beyond the grunt. No, I have nothing else. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but if it's if it's not something, then you you you've got a new thing on your hands. I got, I got a new thing that's going to completely blow up my vocal cords. <laughs> Get I'm, Netflix on the phone. Get you an animated series. I on honestly my and and the closer I try and get to my Fozzie impression so we can do our Muppet Paul Thomas Anderson series, I'm probably going to wind up straying into Marge Simpson territory with it. So bad things, bad things are in the offing for us. Okay, that's oh, all I got. Oh my god, 
Grunt work is made possible by our patrons. Uh, if you enjoy today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod, where you will get one free month of Patreon uh, contents after this episode. Woo! So uh, this episode is airing on the on I have last no week idea. of March. So on April 1st, you're going to get the month of April for free. We promise. Leave us a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts because it's the fastest, easiest way to support us, and it goes a long way to help others find the show. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntworkPod or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com slash privacy. Where you could that's what the S in HTTPS is for. Well, oh, uh, no, that's security, point. not privacy. My bad. Whatever. Yeah, they start uh, with different letters, Landon, you may have noticed. Whatever. You can see new information or other <laughs> fucking goddamn it newsletter. Sign up there. Why not? Uh, yeah, until next week when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. Barely got through that one. <laughs> I've been Truman Caps. And remember, if you can't stand the thought of Al as a sexual being, you need to work on yourself because he totally is. 